2: $25 each.
0: Visit concert concertweek to buy now. That's concert concertweek to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial
1: intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all.
2: Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming
1: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
2: My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deck, and most importantly, you are you, you are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. We have returned fresh from another misadventure that we narrowly survived, and as you know, the first thing we decided to do once we realized we were all going to make it to the next week was to get excited about our listener mail segment. It's one of our favorite times of the week. We are galvanized by the energy of being able to have an adventure out in Austin, Texas. Hello, Austin. If you're listening, uh stay weird. They measure up to the hype and uh good luck with the Chaos and Pandemonium that is south by southwest. Amid our adventures, Matt, Noel, and yours truly dug into some emails. We made some calls, we listened to some correspondences via our telephone number, one eight three three S 833 std wytk and we have returned to Podcast Civilization with some fascinating stories from you. Uh, we're going to talk about a secret internet, true story. Uh, we're going to hear some follow-ups on the Sonic Boom investigation that we've been, we've been holding for several weeks now, and we're going to travel to Nebraska for some drone action. I I think we kick off today with a letter from E. Also I love that we've got a lot of people who are writing in and choosing a single letter as uh, mm-hmm. their respective code names. We're going to try to keep track of them. I've got a little list of the alphabet. I'll uh, <laughs> we'll let you know when someone gets to the gets to the last one. Uh here we go. Here here we go. E writes in and says, "Hey gentlemen, I love your show and I wanted to give you guys some info to check out." He's got two things here. First point is I was in an Uber riding to D.C. in October of 2021. There was traffic on the 14th Street Bridge, so we were in stop-and-go traffic for a bit. Shortly after being stopped, I heard the distinct sound of an airplane flying extremely low, like 100 to 200 feet low directly over the bridge and specifically over the Uber I was in. The strange thing is that there were absolutely no lights on the plane and it was almost silent. It was completely by chance that I even looked up from my phone for a split second to notice it. I know for a fact it wasn't anything taking off from Reagan, it's the airport, because obviously commercial aircraft have to have lights. We talked about that. And D.C. is protected airspace. We've talked about that as well. I didn't even think, says E, to try to get a video or a picture because by the time my brain processed what was happening and what I was witnessing, the plane flew west. I've looked on the web to see if there have been any reports, but sadly, I haven't seen or heard anything. If you guys, and that just doesn't mean Matt, Nolan, myself, it means you as well, fellow conspiracy realist, If you guys hear anything about a nearly silent, all black classified aircraft being tested, I'd love to hear about it. I'm not focusing on that part today. I want to put that out there because we have a lot of great folks in, let's say, various career paths uh, who Mm -hmm. could speak authoritatively about this. So if you feel like helping the team out and uh, like helping your fellow listeners and helping E out, Go ahead and write to us. We'll we'll give you all the ways to contact us at the end of Mm -hmm. today's show. But let's get to the second point.
1: Well, wait, before you do that, Ben, just remember, everybody, that was October 2021, Washington, D.C., low-flying,
2: silent place. Yes, very low-flying. And you lays out why that is so weird, some of the reasons that's very strange. So here we go. This is the part that I I knew, Noel, Matt, I knew you two uh, would especially love this. He says, secondly, I was listening to the show the other day. Matt was reading a letter from a guy who has a friend in no such agency, and you guys were commenting on what messaging service those guys use to communicate. Well, lo and behold, I was reading an article about Trump supporting intelligence agents in just about all 22 of the intelligence services who supported the, I'll say it since no one else wants to say it, attempted coup on January 6th. Others will call it an insurrection, but I know what I saw. Sounds like he is speaking from experience, living in D.C. Anyway, apparently there is a messaging service that intelligence agents and officers use called Intelink. E-I-N-T-E-L-I-N-K. It's a mirror of Twitter where government officials with security clearances can go chat privately. That's cool," says E, "but the scary part of that is that there are a bunch of pro-Trump factions in our government that agree with destroying our government. Please do a show on both of these things because that info is truly the stuff they don't want us to know. Thanks and keep up the good work, E. I right, start with you guys. What do you think? Secret secret internet? Secret internet for the spies, or excuse me, the tradecraft enthusiast or whatever we're supposed to say?" I mean, I mean they,
0: sure. I guess so. Did, wouldn't that just be like an encrypted channel on the internet? Like, why? Why do they need a whole secret internet?
2: Well, it's just you know, it's fun to
0: have secrets. I suppose that's
1: yeah. True. <laughs> oh, it won't, Ben. It won't let me go to intelink.gov from my work machine.
0: That's well, because you don't have the clearance for the secret internet, bro.
1: No, it says <laughs> yes. it says it's not private. <laughs>
2: it says Ooh. it's not secure. Yeah, that's pretty interesting too, huh? In and of itself, it's it's interesting. In our notes here, I put in the official link, but if you try to get to it, you will be warned depending on which browser you're using that it is indeed not a secure not a secure site. So, let's talk about what it is because you can find these resources. Intel link started kind of in its testing phase in 1994. So, it describes itself as an architectural framework and an integrated intelligence dissemination and collaboration service, providing uniform methods for exchanging intelligence among intelligence providers and users. You can tell that's that super sexy government language. Uh, This this isn't something that is necessarily unique to the United States and Uncle Sam's spies. they're even unique to the public in general because if you live in certain isolated countries or even just authoritarian countries that aren't isolated, you will see that the domestic internet is very different from the worldwide internet. Uh, sites can be banned. You have to have workarounds like Tor, proxies, that kind of stuff. And in some, you know, like very, some much more extreme examples, we've talked about this in the case of North Korea. There, it may as well be its its own internet. You know what I mean? It, it its own kind of its own kind of completely cordoned off infrastructure. But obviously, people can get into parts of the internet because that one guy allegedly hacked North Korea. Uh, check out our past segment to hear more about this. But when we talk about Intel Intel Link, we need to understand that before we talk about the idea of. If I read what you're saying correctly, you're talking about the concept that there would be a secessionist, seditionist in the government, right? Almost a fifth column of people who want to destroy the same thing that is employing them. That happens. That happens throughout human history from the ancient past to the modern day. It is a very real concern. And uh, it, you see it time and time again. But first, let's talk about Who uses Intelink? They're going to be members of the IC, the U.S. intelligence community. They've done a couple different things. They have an internal network. They they have their own Twitter. It's called the Burst of Creativity E-chirp, because, you know, like a bird. Uh, It's it's very much, as I understand, it's very much like um, we have Twitter at home. It's that kind of meme. But it's uh, the intelligence community here in the U.S., has about seventeen distinct organizations. They each function under their own kind of regimes of secrecy, and I'm using regime there to mean a set of governing rules. So they had in 2010, eChirp had 11,569 users and a little less than hundred thousand chirps. Because you you can imagine probably people aren't <laughs> people aren't just uh, what do we call it these days? People probably aren't posting as much as they do on civilian Twitter. Initially, this makes sense that something like eChirp or Intel Link would exist because one of the huge flaws in the intelligence structure of the U.S. was laid bare in the events of September 11th, which is that often due to the way they siloed information, the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing or the fourth tentacle didn't know what the eighth tentacle was doing. And yes, technically, octopuses have arms, not tentacles. It is known, as they say in Game of Thrones. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. It's a paradigm shift, right? This is so interesting because Intelink represents this sea change from the idea of need-to-know basis to need-to-share basis. Let's cut past the red tape. Let me just, let me just go on this thing and just give a heads up Brief heads up for everybody else in the tradecraft or intelligence collection community. And now we can avoid all of the hassles that slow the operations down, right? Or that stymie initiatives. So that's cool, right? Like that, that seems like that could be a good thing. But E is pointing out a serious concern, which is that, you know, because this is not public facing... His concern is that there may be there may be people who actively want to overthrow the government supporting a political candidate who lost an election is definitely not the same as mutiny right and uh, and I feel like we have to give this disclaimer there are you know there are expectations for anyone in public service, and spies do still technically count as public service i shouldn 't say spies, not all intelligence folks are spies but Uh, there are expectations about how you handle your own political beliefs. You can absolutely vote for whomever you wish, right? You can absolutely support the candidate or the policies of your choice, but that's not supposed to interfere with your job. And already just saying that, we can see that in practice, that's probably often not the case. So the concern here is that uh, people who are on the far end of a political spectrum. People who want to overthrow the current government the same way that the um, tycoons of old sought to overthrow the FDR administration. The idea is that these folks are able to get together in a way that they weren't able to before, and that this new increasingly seamless form of communication may even be radicalizing them, allowing some of the most powerful people in the world of intelligence to possibly act on their knowledge and to maybe further their aims. On the offset, that might sound crazy, but guys, I don't know. I don't think it's too far. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility, honestly.
1: I agree, Ben. And it is true that I think it doesn't matter who's in office, what administration is in there, there's potential to have, you know, the, the same kind of splinter cells, no matter who's in charge and what party's in charge or whatever. Just people who think, you know, a different way and are able to communicate quietly on something like this platform. And uh, it's just creepy because of the positions held by the people maybe having those quiet conversations. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and it's also, it's, it's like a series of different intranets, none of which you have access to legally if you are if you don't qualify to be a member. So the average Jane and Joe, whomever are not going to be able to see a whiff of this. There's another cool thing. I don't don't know if you had, you had clocked this as well. E. um, But Matt, Noel, there is a secret version of Wikipedia. I kid you not. It's called Intellipedia. It came about in 2006 in April. And it's just for intelligence analysts. And they can add and edit just like any other Wikipedia, but you can't read it. So it's just like a
0: subscription thing, like LexisNexis or something, but you have to have the cred to get in. It's a wiki, right? It's
1: an easily editable, probably super uh, simple representation on the page. Uh, Wow, that's brilliant. And I want in.
2: What would you give just for 20 minutes on that bad boy? You know what I mean? Screen grab everything, print it out, and run. (laughs)
1: 20 minutes is not enough time.
2: No, it's not. So, yes, uh this may be a full episode e you have introduced us to stuff that is frankly like delicious. This kind of stuff is so tasty for us. <laughs> a secret wikipedia, yeah, a classified communications platform. That, that, that took its cue from Twitter. Uh, you have to wonder what private sector entities uh, can access amongst this. Mm, the interesting thing here is that we may be thinking about the problem in the wrong light because the NSA is actively infiltrating these private industries. I don't think that's a secret at this point. Like In 2010, Google went to no such and asked them to help secure the Google network. And the NSA just infiltrated their cloud system. So, remember like, when, what was yeah. it, Neantech, uh,
0: that company that like had previous affiliations with the NSA that went on to create Pokemon Go? Um, that's not exactly the same thing, but it's just interesting the way these organizations kind of repurpose themselves.
2: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's why I kept hiding my face. When you guys were playing Pokemon Go. Ah, it spooked me out. I know so no, you bad. didn't like that one bit. Not one, Ben. I was like, no, Ben,
0: wait, wait, there's a Charizard right on the tip of your nose. No, don't knock him off. I got to capture him for my portfolio.
2: I I stopped playing that long ago. Freak it out. Yeah, but I get that. It's it's your Pokedex. (laughs) <laughs> so that's it. That's it. <laughs> so get to the Pokemon, Jim. Uh, but thank you for writing E for anybody who can provide more information. We'd love to hear from you. 1 uh, 833 STDWYTK, Conspiracy Or if you wish, you can just find me on personal social media. Hit me up there. I don't sleep uh, at Bimble on Instagram, at Bimble and HSW on Twitter. We're going to pause and have a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to return with even more listener mail.
0: And we're back with a missive from Frog Daddy. Uh, Here's what Frog Daddy writes Um, Frog Daddy? Yeah. uh, Frog Daddy? (laughs) Frog Daddy says, Frog Daddy. Um, He says this I have been listening to your show for about a year now and I'm amazed at how great of a job you do with it. Thank you, Frog Daddy. Uh, Today I listened to one of your listener mail segments in which K, to your point, Ben, not a single letter, um, submissions uh, for nicknames uh, in which Kay tries to explain recent sonic booms heard around Tucson, Arizona. This has caused me to finally write to you about something that I have been fascinated by and have researched for years now. I'm talking about sky trumpets, which some folks tend to lump into the theory of the uh, worldwide hum. Um, check out our previous episode, right, on the, what is it called? Just like the the great hum, or just the hum? The hum. Yeah, the hum. Yeah, yeah, the hum. hum. Let me start by saying I've never heard this sound except through video, and it gives me goosebumps. I will attach some videos of the exact sky trumpet sound I am trying to talk about. It is my belief that this is not the same sound as the worldwide hum. However, the hum is interesting as well. There is a man who put together a website where people can submit and report on when they've heard the hum or trumpets. But I think the site is flawed as some folks just seem to be reporting on loud aircraft. I will also try to attach the link to the site. I'd love to hear what you think on this topic, as I'm terrified and obsessed with the matter. Is the world crying out in pain? (laughs) Let me see that in the Werner Herzog voice. Is the world crying out in pain when these Pokemon meet in the streets? Is there violence? Is there murder? Um, Moving on. Are angels signaling the end of times? Is it simply construction machinery? Or could it be the stuff they don't want you to know? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Keep up the awesome work. You then supplies some great links. Mm-hmm. Who was that? That was a sky was trumpet. Okay. So, um, and I'll send you. I sent you this link in the in the chat. Here, here's one um, for 2017 uh, during a baseball game.
2: And the butt is foul. The count is one and one. And what could that possibly be? Somebody shut the door. It sounds supernatural. You guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. I definitely heard it.
0: So, you know, it sounds to me like one of those kids' toys you get. It's like a tube that you swing around, you know, and it goes, woo, 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 woo. It's kind of like a, an oscillator kind of sound.
2: hmm. hmm. That
0: was odd. And there, there's a ton of other examples. Um, you just, just Google sky trumpets or, or look on YouTube and you'll find them from all over the world. And there's a really great article from the Baltimore Sun, of all places, not of all places, they do great reporting, but uh, it it is not necessarily specifically Tied to a region. Um, it's been heard is, you know, in, in as far as the Czech Republic, uh, Australia, um, you know, all over the United States um, in different places. Germany. There's examples on this article uh, on the Baltimore Sun uh, from, let's see, New Jersey, uh, Texas, New Zealand, uh, Chicago, Australia, all over the place. Finland. Um, and it is you know there there is some similarity to the sound. it does have this kind of weird supernatural ethereal quality to it, and as we discussed in the Hum episode, there are some folks that would like to attribute this to HARP, uh, um, which is the u s government's high frequency active oral research program um, that 's analyzed uh, the ionosphere um, you know, and this is something that's been associated with what, like lizard people and, and things like that, and you know, weather control and all manner of uh, what Harp was all about. Uh, you know, some of the, the the less conspiratorial explanations for this would be uh, things ranging from, you know, high tension power lines uh, to. Um, Small earthquakes, electromagnetic radiation, uh, high pressure gas situations, um, wireless communication devices, submarines even. And then one of my favorites, uh, again, these are all from this wonderful Baltimore Sun article that you can find um, what's causing those weird trumpet noises in the sky. Uh, by uh, Debbie Baker from May nineteenth of twenty fifteen. Uh, my favorite, and also Debbie's, is the uh, reverberating mating call of a male midshipman fish, which oh, looks yeah. a lot like remember Muddy Mud Skipper from Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The the sort of weird legless kind of <laughs> macabre mm-hmm. looking fish that can like flop around on the on the ground. What um, a smoke show! Yeah,
2: that's that's one fine totally. Fish, yeah. yeah, it's, it's hey, a real pretty good boy use of
0: <laughs> smoke show. And you know uh, there have been lots of um, debunkings of these. You know, again to uh, uh, Frog Daddy's point, there is a flaw in a, in a system that just allows anybody to submit this stuff. But but again, it's not meant to. It's not meant for each submission to necessarily be considered you know, 100% valid. I mean, it's just a, a database of a place where people can submit these sounds and then you can compare them. But apparently uh, one couple, according to this uh, Baltimore Sun article, um, published – one of these recordings onto YouTube and then later admitted that she was simply just pointing her iPhone out the window while her laptop was playing a creepy sound in the background. Um, mm-hmm. but then, you know, plenty of these, uh, like, like for example, a couple who posted one from Germany, uh, said that this was unequivocally something that they actually experienced. And there's so many examples of it. And again, you hear the baseball commentators on that clip that we played talking about it. Like, well, what is that? Mm-hmm. It sounds supernatural. And it, and it, Truly does. Um, So it's interesting. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear a little bit more of Frog Daddy's uh, research. Sounds like he's been digging into this for a while and um, sort of uh, falls under the purview of that great hum episode that we did, um, Mm -hmm. which has been a long time. But I know that we definitely rattled off some potential uh, explanations for these types of sounds, Uh, seismic events, um, pressurized gas, things like that. But uh, it's it's super interesting, and I'm you know you know I'm a big fan of sound and weird sound transmissions and the way uh, things can be very deceiving depending on how they're bouncing around. Um, but there's also a pretty cool Guardian article that literally under the header has an image of these like angels blasting trumpets you know from heaven. So it, it certainly is something that people are talking about and hearing all over the place. Um, where do we land, guys, with that uh, that Tucson? Those sonic booms, just potentially some research that was going on that wasn't being reported. Aircraft,
1: light, well, at least according to one of our sources, there's, there are a few now. Uh, right. Likely a test aircraft that is unbeknownst to anybody, you know, officially operating both military and private uh, airports there or, Real you know, places and stuff. Mm-hmm. They cause multiple sonic booms probably during re entry. From a very high altitude.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these are also uh, what what we're describing here. These are also known as sky quakes. You might hear that as mm-hmm, another right. word for sky trumpets. Uh, I think there's a really interesting theory. I was going to point this out, uh, but didn't didn't want to break the flow. But I was going to point out. I do think it is interesting that the Baltimore Sun wrote about this because CMEs have been uh, advanced as the cause of at least some. Of these sounds uh c m e coronal mass ejection aka the thing that's gonna break human civilization one day for for a little while, not permanently, but it's definitely gonna it, disagree we're gonna okay gonna well, uh, civilization's gonna eat the pavement for for a little while once the right c m e hits at the right time, but because they generate shock waves that are really like they're similar. In many ways, to a sonic boom, this solar wind could conceivably create a, some sort of sound. You know, the atmosphere is a dynamic thing, right? It's always changing. We forget that there there's no vacuum, right? In in mm. the Earth's atmosphere, it's full of stuff, and a lot of it humans put there, but a lot of it was it was already full of stuff in the beginning, so. CMEs could be something generating these sounds. But for me, from a folkloric perspective, and I think this is really interesting, can you imagine the role this could play when you hear this in uh, auspicious or inauspicious times? It'd be like eclipses before ancient civilizations learned to predict them. And I Absolutely. know people can't, yeah, they can't really predict um, CMEs at, at this point in a way that, most people would be aware of right we did some scary math about how quickly they can hit the planet that's that's the other part anyhow i i just i wanted to bring that out there because the folklore is fascinating i bet you could find ancient descriptions of sky trumpets um they're even wartime reports from like world war one i believe and they're seen as supernatural or divine events
0: I tend to believe that it's something more natural like that, than connected to more modern technology. I think for that exact reason, that I think it's something that we've heard reports of throughout history. Uh, that it's probably something to do with like shifting seismic activity or these skyquakes that you're you're mentioning, Ben. So something that's not necessarily tied to like some sort of modern innovation,
1: mm, guys. You're so close, but I'll tell you exactly what this is. I have the break answer.
2: Down. Let's hear it. break down, Maddie.
1: This is what I need you to do. Guys, ready? We're going to do an experiment. Everybody, close your eyes, if you can, unless you're driving. Yep. Unless you're driving. Everybody, I'm not driving. ready? I'm sitting
0: in a room, man. Oh, you mean everybody. Okay, got it.
1: Okay, okay. Cl- everybody, let's close our eyes. Listen to this sound, and I think this is the sky trumpet. Whoa. I think
0: that's it. Is that from War of the Worlds, man? <laughs>
1: that is from War of the Worlds. <laughs> but I, I have verified so many video clips online that say "sky trumpet" or whatever, 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 and it is well, that clip. And it but is, but its sound detuned. design uses
0: organic sound. I mean, a good film. You know, we know that like the the T Rex roar in Jurassic Park was the combination of like an elephant and a walrus or something like that. Like good sound design uses naturally occurring sounds that's what makes them hit you know so Mm -hmm. i think that is probably a combination of like sounds like a foghorn combined with like you know a a leg horn trumpet shut up sorry (laughs) get out but hey uh thanks frog daddy froggy daddy um for writing into us about that it's super interesting and we're all definitely you know sonic enthusiasts here so let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with another uh, message from you.
1: All right, we are back, and we are jumping immediately to our voicemail lines for a message. Here we go.
3: Gentlemen, you may call me Nick Nabisco. Matt Ben Noll. the reason for my call is strange things, which we think are drones flying overhead, mostly at night, here where we dwell in central Nebraska. We're somewhere around the Grand Island area, and we see on a regular basis in the evenings, numerous what we believe to be drones flying in groups the majority of the time, usually in grid patterns. It has made the news in the area However, there has never been an actual explanation or a reasoning from the governing bodies as to these flights. Rarely seen during the day, you can hear them when they do fly overhead. Light patterns are different than that of an airplane, and the altitude's also different. What I'm looking for from my fellow conspiracy realists is some help because we have seemed to come to a dead end here in Nebraska would love your assistance on this gentleman look forward to hearing from you big fan of the show listen to all the episodes thank you and keep your eyes to the sky now that's a send off
1: right guys voice your eyes to the skies nick nabisco wow uh nabisco
0: shredded wheat (laughs) best cereal wheat (laughs) <laughs> nah, mini-wheats, mini-wheats, frosted. got to be shredded wheat. Uh, I think that's the off-brand. Uh, no, no, <laughs> shredded wheat was, it used to just come in these big bricks, you know, and you would just well, have I to remember. smash it up with your with your spoon and then, like, add, you know, your toppings. But then they, they, they shrunk it down and uh, coated it in, in glucose and uh, in sugar.
2: That's right. And, uh, that's right. We, I do have to point out, yeah, uh, I love the name Nick Nabisco. I, whether or not, if it's your real name, sir, then hats off, because that is an awesome name. But this is also an awesome question, man. And it's one that we have, um, one thing we can say for sure, I think, just to set us up here is that, uh, Nick, you are far from the only person reporting this. As you know, it's even hit regional news at different times, not just in Nebraska, Matt, I think, but in Colorado as well.
1: Yeah, in, in 2020, we made a whole episode about this, Nick. And it it was in the news in January of 2020. There were a ton of reports coming out of that sector. If you're looking at the United States, uh, there's Nebraska here, and then Colorado kind of meets up near the bottom part and goes this way. And there were people tracking drones all all the way across Nebraska going into Colorado. And I think going back the other direction was mostly traveling from the Nebraska area west towards Colorado. Again, you can check out our whole episode on that. Let me just give you the title so you can look for it if you'd like to. It was titled Colorado's Mystery Drones came out in February of 2020. So if you want to get the background, you can go check that out. You can also read articles from all over the place. There's a New York Times article titled It's Creepy, Unexplained Drones Are Swarming by Night Over Colorado, and it goes into uh, several parts of Nebraska as well that were Reported to have uh, night drones, really creepy night drones, especially ones that hover over houses at night and then just kind of continue on their journey. Mm. Uh, no, thank you. What
2: are no they up to, you. man?
0: What are they up to? Oh, no. What are they
1: building it up there?
2: I, uh, I, building I can't do that there. reference.
0: Yeah, um, he kind of did it. He it. You you did, it. It. did it, man. You pulled you it. Out. it.
1: <laughs> so, so I gave Nick a call, talked to him a little bit more. Learned a bit about where he is. So Grand Island, Nebraska, I put a link to this in our doc here, guys, if you want to look at it. Uh It's about an hour drive west of Lincoln, Nebraska, pretty big city there, again, called Grand Island. And where Nick lives is a place a little bit south called Hastings. And he said there in Hastings is where he has personally seen these and also in a small town that's just kind of southwest of Grand Island called ALDA, A-L-D-A. He knows people there that have specifically seen them. And Nick Mm -hmm. said this is a weird thing because right now in 2022 and last year, it just wasn't spoken about much in the news. It wasn't reported on much, a few times here and there, but not really much. But if you go to a local bar or a hangout the way we would do if we were in that city, Sure. People are just talking about it all the time, like what do you think that is, man? What are they doing bro. Uh, and they don 't have
0: intel bro i've said this on the show multiple times because there's always opportunities to kind of share this tale, but I was on tour with the band the one time i 've done like a cross country tour, and we were driving across Nebraska, you know it was corn and stuff and uh i I saw a thing I saw this triangular shaped hovering kite looking thing, but way too far off in the horizon. Um, for it to have been the size that I was experiencing it as. And I I got video of it on like my little mini DV camcorder that I had back in the probably early 2000s. I think it was probably like 2002. And um, I recently found my bag O uh, DV tapes, So I want to go through and like digitize those and see if that is still on there. But um, interesting that uh, all this talk uh, is coming out of Nebraska. I really feel like maybe I saw one of these things. Maybe, man. Drone
1: tech has been around for quite a while now, and it's only getting more and more sophisticated. Longer battery lives, longer travel times and all that, uh, and altitude. All all kinds of things are are being improved. And if you think from 2019, 2020 onward, this stuff has been in a high operating level for quite a while. I want to make one quick correction I said Hastings is where Nick lives. It's not Hastings. I think it's called Donovan, which is between okay. Hastings and Grand Island. Just that's for you, Nick, and, and everybody there in Donovan. <laughs> shout <Okay>. out. Um, <laughs> shout out. So um, he said only a few people have ever seen them during the day, and it's usually only a single drone if it's during the day. So that sounds to me like someone operating a drone, right? Getting some aerial footage. That's very common, especially here in Atlanta and a couple other places. I'm assuming out in Nebraska, there's some great filming locations uh, where you just want to get an overhead shot of that kind of area. Might be that. But then for so many at night, he said it's um, the grid pattern is really astounding when you watch it, when you just look up and observe it, because you really can tell. He said it sounds exactly like a prop plane, but like maybe a little higher pitched. Okay. Uh, which is really what a drone sounds like. Mm-hmm. And they always fly in straight lines, he said, so you can just watch them go across.
0: Is that is that uh, why they call them drones? Because of the kind of drony sound they make? I've always wondered that. I don't know if that question's ever been posed on this show. I'm sure it's been posed by somebody.
1: Why is a drone called a drone?
0: Well, the sound is drony. Mm. It's like a, a steady pitch, like a drone. That's what a drone is. A drone is a you know steady, single-note pitch.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's. It might even be something going back to bees, because it it, it I do remember mm. it comes from. It comes from. Uh, Britain in the nineteen thirties. I think they used radio controlled aircraft as target practice, like smart smart skeet shooting, basically. Um, but I, I think it's, yeah, it's related to hashtag not Pete Davidson. Uh, well, a different skeet we're talking uh-oh, about, but oh. And not that ski either. We're talking about hey, should let's, <laughs> let's not get us embroiled in that let's whole move. thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's not touch it. Let's not touch it. Let's move. Um, But I, I think it is reasonable to to say that the etymology ultimately derives from the sound drone and and the the idea of a drone bee. Um, but there's yep. there's even more to the story. Now I know I know you pretty well, madam. I, I remember. One of the first things that you suggested we do when we were looking into mystery drones was just just for the halibut, as they say in the old sketch comedy, going onto map services and seeing what uh, what nearby areas. If there's an air force base nearby, or if there's something like that, that's it's a really smart step uh, is a smart initial step in any investigation like this. What stands out to me from a Guardian article that you pointed us to is that these drones, in addition to being mysteriously there for unknown reasons that we can only guess at as the public, uh, they also seem to have a longer flight time, right? Mm-hmm. Like almost a mm-hmm. well, That's v a good level point. Time. Most of those, the battery life
0: is very uh, finite. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Usually sure. an hour max, right? It,
1: yes, it does seem like. Government slash military grade battery life kind of thing in one of these, more like one of these uh, UAVs that you'd have associated with military reconnaissance. You know, but that's Mm -hmm. many of those are not this type of drone. When you're thinking about the like helicopter style drone, which is what I think we're describing here, but that might not be it. If you look at some of the some of the drone tech that we've explored in the past, some of them do have a propeller on the back and are more airplane style. And perhaps that's what we're dealing with here.
0: So it would be a single prop as opposed to a quad that that we're used to with like commercial or prosumer type drones?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is for video, but um, if you imagine a helicopter and the way the blades spin and how they're oriented, spinning kind of around, this would be more facing forward on probably the back of the, the... vehicle, the unmanned vehicle, and it uses that to propel itself forward. And then the, sure. it keeps lift with its wings rather than just having the
0: force interesting. of that uh, helicopter. But how does it wave. hover if it doesn't have something up top?
1: Well, it's less of a hover. And again, think about what we're seeing here. In most of these cases, we're seeing drones in a, in a grid pattern flying in one direction or traveling in one direction. And that sounds to me more like one of these plane-like UAVs. I just want, Ben, going back to the Guardian article that you mentioned here, there was an entire task force of various agencies that was put together in 2021, well, 2020-2021 to try and figure out what these drones were. You know, were they associated with some kind of illegal activity? There were rumors back then that it perhaps had something to do with uh, cannabis crop and production and delivery. There there were rumors about that. Uh, So, you know, The FBI got involved. Seriously, the FBI, the Air Force got involved in this task force Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what it was. I don't know. You can read that whole article if you want to. You can check it out right now. It's titled, Attack of the Drones, the Mystery of Disappearing Swarms in the U.S. Midwest. Mm -hmm. It was published Mm -hmm. April 2021. And I have to point out here, it's titled Disappearing Swarms because once that task force came through and actually started looking into this, the drones appeared to not be flying like they were anymore. But now we're getting a call from Nick in 2022 in March saying, yeah, there's still drones all over the place.
2: I'm really glad that the author of the Guardian article, who is, let's give a shout out to Amelia Tate. I'm really glad that Tate also notes something that stuck out to me and I think stuck out to all of us on the earlier Vice examination. uh, The author writing for Vice on this Phenomenon attributed the majority, if not the entirety, of these sightings to hysteria, and that does that does play a role. You know that's part of the flying saucer craze uh, that went through the U.S. and parts of the world. People hear reports that uh, allow them to kind of have a framework for what they witnessed before, and that sure that can happen. That that totally can happen, but the the investigation. Itself, which was the multi-agency endeavor, it was unable to explain uh, a minority of those sightings. I think four, and they mentioned it in the Guardian article, and similar to the UAP research that the Pentagon put out earlier. Uh, but you should be you should be interested in those four, and we shouldn't be collectively uh, quick to dismiss the sightings of various people entirely as hysteria or what Jonathan Strickland would call made-em-upsies because um, purposeful hoaxes do happen, misidentification definitely happens, but it's intellectually lazy, I would argue, to dismiss everything as hysteria out of hand unless you really, really dig in, and I love that you pointed out the timing there too, Matt, It's uh, maybe it's just that coincidence. Like when someone takes their car to the mechanic and it's not making that noise anymore. And you just sound like you're accidentally beatboxing when you describe it, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like maybe, but that timing is really suspicious. And there's also, I think this is maybe something that we're noticing too, that you may notice too, Nick Dubisco. Uh, It is entirely possible that people just aren't reporting this in official news outlets, right? Like maybe the news cycle has moved on. It doesn't necessarily mean there's a cover-up. But that, I think, coupled with the timing of the disappearance of the drones, fascinating stuff. And Nick, I do hope you get a chance to listen to the drones episode that Matt mentioned because it's a good setup. It, It could use an update, but it's a good setup.
0: And just to chime in really quick on the etymological question that I posed, uh, the term drone was originally used in old English to refer to the male bee. uh, And specifically, it was almost like a diss because the male bees only job was to like idle around and like mate. And so drone became a stand in for lazy people. And then was eventually also used as a verb to describe a monotone buzzing sound as well. So it's like chicken or the egg kind of thing. The bee or the drone. There you go. I have to say, guys, I talked to Nick. He believes it. He's seen it. I believe him. So uh, I've seen
2: it. I, believe I mean, it.
0: I really have. I really did see a thing. It was uh, you know, the, the the horizon line is very it's very flat there in in Nebraska. And I was in a van and I was we were passing through these cornfields and I saw this kind of triangular hovering thing off in the distance. And of course I was like, that's definitely a UFO. But now they have of course updated that to UAP um, to encompass all of these types of technological advancements that maybe we're not fully uh, clued in on. But um, I want to see if I can dig this tape up. Cause I swear to God, I want to show you guys cause I did mm. capture it and I've watched it. I just got to see if I actually still have it.
2: Yeah. Let me know when you find it. Yeah. And just uh, to put in, to put in my, um, I'll call it my 50 cents due to inflation, Uh, to put in my 50 cents here. We are all convinced, I am definitely convinced, that there are weird night drones in not just Nebraska, but in Colorado as well. Simply too many people are reporting them. And it's not just, you know, one person on the fringes of society. These are regular people. These are intelligent people. These are learned people. And in many cases, these are people who are drone operators themselves. So they would be more than qualified to ask these questions and more than qualified to say that something is abnormal. So we know that there's something going on up there in the skies. Uh, We just need to figure out what the motivation is. Uh, And whether there is, you know, it's just testing, whether there is a, um, what was one of the possibilities? We had a nighttime surveillance network, which is a really Mm -hmm. clever thing to do with drones. Uh, There are a couple of very, very credible explanations here. And I wish that, I, I understand the necessity for secrecy and classification in some cases, but I wish that government agencies, if any are involved in this initiative, would just understand that if you don't want people to make wild speculation about whatever you're doing then be a little more transparent when you can just a little because yeah because mm-hmm. speculation thrives in the absence of transparency uh that's that's my take on it but also you know that's a take I think a lot of us can agree with not just the one and only Nick Nabisco again I love your name man but also the uh man the myth the legend frog daddy as well as e and EGADs, we have, we have yet again uh, chipped away a little bit at our trove, our, our vast store of communications from you fellow conspiracy realists. Have you been on the government secret internet? Is it cool or is it like, is it like Facebook? You know what I mean? No ding on Facebook. Like, like, what's the demo? What's the? How would you rate the memes? Uh, what do you think the night drones are doing out there in Nebraska? What do you think about the timing of that study Matt mentioned? What do you think about sky trumpets? You know, I and I can't wait because we're gonna get. I guarantee you guys, we're gonna get <laughs> one of us out there is gonna is gonna send in some amazing fart jokes, and I'm not mad. I am here for it. You know? yeah that's my contribution trumpet. that's all i got yeah. it's a different yeah. kind of trumpet like what if those guys at that baseball game clip we played it's always the color commentator right what if the color commentator was just like slowly farting the whole time it's like geez someone close the door huh sounds almost supernatural.
0: <laughs> 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 more like open a window am i right
2: hey, when a door closes a window opens a window of communication we can't wait to hear from you take a page from e nick nabisco i'm frog daddy i don't know why I have to keep saying your name like that but that's such a cool name uh, mm. and, and uh reach out we try to be easy to find online oh boy are we ever
0: easy you can find this on facebook you can find us on twitter you can find us on youtube under the handle conspiracy stuff on instagram we are conspiracy stuff show but wait there's more yes
1: use your phone for its intended purpose Use your mouth, make it, create sounds, speak into it. After dialing one eight three three S T D W Y T K, when you call in, give yourself a really cool nickname. Let us know if we can use your your name, your voice, and your message on one of these listener mail episodes. And uh, you got three minutes; just do whatever you want with it. If you've got more that you need to say, you want to send us some pictures, a video, anything like that. Instead, send us a good old fashioned
2: email. We are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com
1: Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is a production of iHeartRadio.